0: You're listening to The Multiverse. On this episode, we discuss the killing joke. What
1: stunk about this <laughs> was that you know they got R-rated, got the original crew together, got my sister who's read the source material, buddies that right. have read the source material. We're all excited. We're going It almost, where's it, North? Is at the mall right up here? It almost looked like a Marvel movie opening night. Everyone's in there. Batman, <laughs> stuff, hooping it up there. We're ready to go. Midnight showing. We sit there, and the first ten minutes that theater gets dead quiet. Yeah, and there really is someone that goes, "What the fuck are we watching?" And, <laughs> and we all stood, that. we all sat there waiting for it to get better. Right, and you had to get twenty minutes into it almost before the source material. Yeah, show actually up. shows up. And, yeah, and, and I remember even my sister at one point was like, "Did they just call it The Killing Joke?" And it's it's is it a different movie? Did they just steal? And and then they get into it, and we're all like. That was all unnecessary. It, it was. And, and, and came out so disappointed. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's oh. the thought
2: that I believe. Yeah. What is it, the Mandela effect? When you think... When a, a, a plus-one people claim to have seen something, but actually, no, they haven't. But they, it's sort of in the... Like, the, the famous one is that in the shower scene in Psycho... You know, so Janet Lee's in the shower, rubber dub,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: in walks in Mother, and then, you know, cue the, uh, the uh, Bernard uh, Herman uh, strings. And, you know, 90 jump cuts later, you've got Janet Lee laying down in the tub with blood, which is actually Bosco, the, that chocolate syrup, you know, because <laughs> it looks better in camera than. <laughs> okay. And so the Bosco is mingling with the water and it's circling the drain. And there's if, if it's called the Mandela effect, I'm gonna have to look this up. I believe that it is. There's this thing where people think that as the blood is circling around the drain, that an eye can be seen in the drain, like mm. like there's like some kind of super, um, uh, like mm. superimposing or or whatever. This image of this eye, but it's not there. So
1: for our audience, here's the official definition. You are are correct. The Mandela Effect is an observed phenomenon in which a large segment of the population misremembers a significant event or shares a memory of an event that did not actually occur. And they they reference Psycho. They reference Forrest Gump, Wizard of Oz. Right. Now, of course, we're not going to deep dive into all of this. Yeah. But, yes...
2: Okay, that so, was one. okay, so that was the extent of my intelligence for the evening, but back, going back to why I mentioned that in the first place, is I, I've got this thing where I, I'm sure, and I'll have to YouTube it later, that I really remember seeing an interview with Bruce Tim, where he was explaining that they needed, there wasn't enough content in The Killing Joke to cover a 90 minute movie, movie or an yes. 80, 80, 85 minute movie, whatever. So they had to add something to it, mm-hmm. and the, the decision was made to include this sequence where, um, and I'm going to use the parts that I used earlier because I think it's funny. It's one of my favorite words, um, where Batman is shtooping Batgirl yeah. on a roof, and that that would somehow mm-hmm. lend itself to more of a reason why Batman is he's going to go and get that Joker because he just made... The girl that I'm stooping, um, paraplegic, and it's like no, that's, that's abs- if that's the, if that's actually true, if that was the motivation in that, uh, no, because apart from the fact that the first thing that goes through my mind is, is Batman grooming his sidekicks? Is, oh gosh, is, is yeah. there an element to? Yeah. I mean, Frederick Wortham would have had thirty-one flavors
0: of joy over that one. Well here's the here's the problem. <laughs> this is yet again DC not understanding who their own characters are right. you know what his motivation is He's freaking Batman. He's freaking Batman. That's the motivation yeah. like parents killed long time ago I need to stop bad guys. Oh gosh, let's dress like a bat right that's his whole thing. That's everything yes. he needs. He doesn't need to be intimate. I mean, that's... Okay, so... It's also his best, po- his best friend. The yeah. only friend he has in the world. Yeah. Jim Gordon. That's right. Right? They can't even be real friends. He's bat friend, and he's cop friend. But his only friend in the world, it's that guy's kid. Right. And it's that guy's kid who runs around with him on rooftops as Batgirl. That's, bat right. girl. that's not it's enough it's motivation. It's and as if that wasn't bad enough,
2: he's stripping her as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just and, and, he, and he knows his
1: ward disc Dick Grayson has a has as, a for yeah, oh I mean, yeah. That's that's a that's a power bat move right there. Wait, that's a power bat move. <laughs> move right there, Absolutely. Yeah, um but
2: that's the thing is that I think that by and that's where the, the, the question comes in about utilizing the voice cast from the animated series because I think on a on a psychological level, you can't help but hear you're hearing Kevin Conroy You're hearing uh, Mark Hamill. I don't know if Melissa Gilbert, or is it Sarah Gilbert? I always get them confused. Whichever Gilbert it was, who voiced Batgirl in the animated series, whether she did it for the killing joke, um, I see my spider sense tells me somebody is uh, going to IMDb rapidly fast, for a flash fact. Um, But because you hear those voices, it feels like, okay, so is this an extension of that Batman animated universe? And yeah, you're quite right, because... You know, Dick Grayson does have a thing for Barbara, and but you know, once and, and to answer your question, Tara Strong, Tara Strong. It. Okay, so that's Tara Strong is the go-to when we can't get the original voice. We get Tara Strong well, yeah, and cheat.
1: Woman of all all trades. Exactly. There.
2: She's 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 got quite the linguistic the, skills. Yes. Um, but anyway, no, it's it's train wreck and it's terrible, and they, you know, they they're adding all this unnecessary layers you know it's funny though it just reminded me that um when because that yeah i think the book came out in 80 i think it came out in 88 but it was supposed to come out a lot earlier i think it was actually supposed to come out maybe even two years earlier than it did and the reason for the delay was brian bolland Because O'Brien is not the fastest artist in the world. So I do wonder if this might not have been uh, possibly a a pre crisis thing. And here's my contribution you're correct. March 1988. March 1988. Okay. So, because when asked about it at the time, Alan Moore's opinion on the killing joke was. And I quote because I've never, I, I can't remember where I read this but I can definitely remember the quote is. It's 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 not a lot more than a Batman annual. It's true. It is a small book. Yeah. It's but but then, no, that was his view on this yeah. is that this is just an annual. This is just like a fun little story. Yeah. Like this is not the defining work of no. the Joker and 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 his conflict with Batman, which is the way it is viewed. As yeah. way it is viewed. As far as Alan Moore is concerned, it's like ah, oh, it was a, a fun it was a fun special, you know, I just kind of rattled it off or, or what have you. Um, but of course, the other thing is, and I don't, I didn't watch the movie till the end. So I don't, you'll, you'll have to tell me if, if if this is how they played it out. Um, but at the end of that story, and I've read this so many times and it never dawned on me, they're up on the roof, the Joker tells his joke about switching the the flashlight off and, you know, what do you think, I'm crazy? And they both start laughing and the rain is still pouring and then the laughter just stops. And in reading that, I always just read it that, and yes. sick as it is, Batman and the Joker, because I'm thinking this is in real-world continuity, I guess Batman, he's had a long day. His best friend's been turned into a play thing and, and is and his, uh, his one of his sidekicks. Uh, she, she's not going to be able to walk again. This is an absolute horror show, and it just got the better of him that he's laughing as an emotional release. There you go. Apparently, no. Apparently, um, the reason why the laughter stops is Batman snaps
1: the Joker's neck I, and kills I, I, him. I was going to say, I know where you're going, because I remember my impression was the same as yours. Yeah. And there was even... A, a time where we didn't know Batgirl wasn't ever. Yeah, you know, it was comics. So yeah. you know, put a chip in. Um, you know. That's what she got now. Doc, she has a chip yeah, now. Doctor yeah. Doctor Fate comes in. So it, it took a little while. Mm. I think the Suicide Squad with the Joker cover. I mean, I can't right. remember where it was that she showed up. Yeah, for, no, I what uh, talking about. Yeah. But I remember a couple years later when someone goes, Yeah, I really like killing Joker because you know Batman finally kills the Joker. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. We're in there laughing, ha, ha, ha. And, and I was like, okay, so explain to me why you think that. Right. So we go through the panels and the laughter just stops. And I always took it very similar to what you're saying, but that Batman and Joker had this relationship that, and, it, and it's a cliche that they do in writing all the time. They they did it with Hal and Sinestro, where they are best friends. Because they understand each other, in a way. We're friends like these. Well, indeed. but I'm not. I'm not saying they're sitting around uh, inviting Christmas but that whole. I have Jeff Johns. I've said it over and over. And when Sinestro looks at Hal, and he goes, "Well, what were you going to ask me?" And Hal goes, "Were we ever friends?" And Sinestro says, "That's the sad part. How we're always friends. We've always mm-hmm. been friends." And, right. and you know, that that cliche that Batman needs Joker, Joker needs Batman. Right. Um, in that universe, the the great Mark Hamill doing the Batman funeral eulogy. Sure. Is where I tie that's where I've always pulled my source from is
0: their right. friends. Well it's it's Joker's Night Terror too, yeah. right? Yes. Right. Joker's Night Terror is that's the right. Batman dies. So it's it's a strange it's a
2: strange thing that exists that you've got the killing joke. The Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. That's <laughs> right. See, now you'll never forget that. Um But no, it's a strange thing that exists because I remember reading that when it came out. Yes. um, Because I read it on a Thursday. I think it was a Thursday. And the comic
0: shop... In case you don't remember too well. I think it was a Thursday. I
2: think it was a Thursday. I'm trying to remember what new release day was in England. Um, But uh, the, the comic shop that I used to shop at, Fantasy Workshop in The Wind for those of you who may know what I'm talking about, um, we got uh, the store got uh, shorted copies because mm. that was a thing. And uh, we only got like one or two. And I, I was sort of, I think I was camped out uh, before the shop opened. So I, I got one and read it. Oh, lovely. And then uh, Ian, the guy who ran the store, was like, you know... Alan Moore and Brian Bolland are going to be um, at Forbidden Planet on Saturday signing copies of this. And I said, well, I guess I know what I'm doing on Saturday. So, you know, beg, borrow, and steal the train, for- train fare. Plead to mum, please, let me go to London by myself. And I didn't. I went and, I, and, and, they, and they autographed it. Um, but I've reread that book so many times and I absolutely loved it. And then the strange thing happened. I grew up a little bit, got married, had children revisited it when they did the new Brian Bolland has uh, redone John Higgins's Colors. Mm. I hadn't read it in years. And I have a completely different relationship with that story now. I don't actually like it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't. It's it's not a good Batman story. Uh, It's not a good Joker story because it's applying a reason to the Joker. Mm. They've attempted to give him a backstory. Even though Alan Moore kind of... He he writes himself an easy out by saying, the the line about um, uh, multiple choice. Like if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have memories, it's better to have it in multiple choice. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jeff Johns frickin' ran with that in Three Jokers, but I don't like that. I don't like. Don't give him a name. Don't give him a backstory. Don't tell me anything. I just want him to exist because he is absolutely terrifying in that form. Once you see the shark in Jaws, the terror gets immediately cut by half.
0: Hmm.
2: And it's not because the shark looks plastic. I, I've always resented that argument. Oh, well, you can see it. It's a big rubber shark. No, and that thing is chomping down on Robert Shaw. It, it looks pretty good, and it's, hmm. you know, it's pretty effective. But right up until the point where the shark goes hmm. under the boat, it's a 20-footer, 20 25 Three tons of him. I can quote that entire movie, start <laughs> to finish. By the way, uh, available for children's parties. Um, but it's you know the the fact that the 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 history of that movie um, that the shark kept breaking down. So Spielberg, young Spielberg, had to get inventive with how he was going to compose the shot. We can't show the shark because it won't work. So let's do point of view shots. Let's. Let's do him flying through the water. Let's do undershots where you see the legs uh, splishing in the water. We're going to have to do all the shots that we can possibly get because we can't get the bloody shark to work. That's what makes that movie so terrifying, and it still holds up. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same thing with the Joker. Once you start explaining him, oh, he had a backstory. Oh, he's got this. Oh, he's got that. Oh, maybe he's this. Maybe he's that, what have you. It's reducing the
0: mystery. Well, that's the Dark Knight premise right kind every of. time every time you got a the joker explains where he comes from it's a different story which is genius it, i loved it it is but but that's the problem with the killing joke is that if
2: if or my problem with the killing joke i should say um it's not everyone's problem with the killing joke although it should be damn because i know i'm right um is that what more does is i don't think he makes it clear enough the, those flashbacks to the failed stand up comedian with the pregnant wife mm-hmm. and the the sad sack who then gets lured in by the two heavies to put on the red mask, the red hood, sorry, and then blah 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 blah. He doesn't make it clear enough that that is hallucinatory that's That's one of po- many possible origins mm. for the joker. He doesn't make that clear. So that's why, for the longest time, when you hear people reflecting and commenting and discussing the killing joke, they're talking about, oh, yeah, I know that's right. That's the Joker's origin, isn't it? <laughs> no, it isn't. But actually, thanks to Jeff Johns, now it is because in Three Jokers, we find out that, yeah, the woman, the pregnant wife here, she didn't die. That was a ruse set up by the cops that kid was born, they're living in Alaska Batman knows where they are and it's everything that he must do and I think in that final page where Batman, Bruce Wayne is looking through the window at mom and this kid who's got kind of a long face and a curly mess of hair, kind of like somebody that we know only not pale and green uh, that that's his kid and if the Joker ever found out, ooh Nelly but but that's the thing, now it's, it's, it's in there, it's canon and mm. I absolutely hate that, and that's why I wonder sometimes if the Killing Joke wasn't supposed to be a pre-crisis thing, because after Crisis, Batgirl would be, she she would have been she would have been uh, uninjured, that's un- true. Un- yeah, un- yeah. Yeah. but because the artwork came in so late, like, Crisis had already happened, um, and DC ran with the Killing Joke anyway. I guess somebody in the editorial said. Well, I guess Babs is a paraplegic now. We'll run with that and see where it goes. And they actually
0: got. Oracle's pretty great. They actually got a pretty good mileage. I think that was a
2: very happy accident.
0: But I don't think that was intended at all. Well, I read this one time. Seventh grade, Jason read Killing Joke. And I remember loving it and Mm. being incredibly disturbed. Oh, yeah. Like, so disturbed by this thing that I never read it again. I um, not that I not that I was scared of it, but it was all I don't I don't know that like that whole psychological thriller the the concept of like breaking a person and Jim Gordon you know, like the Jim Gordon and his whitey totties on the carnival yeah. cart and that whole thing oh that, the Joker singing the song and yeah, flashing up the that's that was like so this was a day when. I didn't, I didn't have the internet it's in the 80s. Right. The only, like, I had E.T., I had the Goonies. Right. Like, the Goonies was pretty edgy for me. <laughs> and then I had, uh, what did I have, that, E.T., Goonies, and we've, we've got, uh, uh, I, I wasn't allowed to watch Dynasty. Like, that, that was right. too much. That was too edgy for me. So, Dallas, not, no J.R. Ewing. I, I might be influenced. It's 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 funny because it's,
2: I mean, it, don't get me wrong, I, I see the brilliance in, in, mm-hmm. in what Moore and, and Bolland, I mean, Brian Bolland, you could make your laundry list look fantastic. Yeah. Um, and of course we've all seen that cover, that famous cover of the Joker with the, the, the camera. The, 35 millimeter the camera. The Nikon there. camera, whatever, Panaflex, whatever it is. You know, and there's so many things in The Killing Joke that are brilliant. There are, There are things in it that I love, I mean, I'm not going to sing it for you but the the joker's song you know mr life is swell in a padded cell you can chase your blues away something rubber room injections twice a day what have you it's it's genius stuff although mark hamill singing that in the movie disappointed me because i always heard that in my head as more of a ragtime sort of we go loony like a light bulb battered bug mm. and mark Hamill is singing it like this funeral dirge. Like a crooner? You, you, no. Kind of, yeah. Mr. Life is swell in a padded cell. You know, no, it's, c- give me a break. It's, it's more lively than that. You know, he's tap dancing and twirling a cane. You, know, you don't do that when, when you're singing a dirge. Um, well, well, I don't, I mean, don't want to be judgy here, but, you know, maybe I missed something. Um, that's as far as I got. I hung in there for the song and was like, no, I'm done. So I actually bailed what, five minutes before the end, no, <laughs> it's going watch the end. I'm like now, I'm done. You know,
1: I've had I've had know, all I can stand, and
2: I can't.
0: I've had all I can stand, and I can't
1: stand no more. I reflect back on what Jason is saying about his interpretation. Children's from bodies, seven grade, seventh grade. Oh, 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 sorry, I didn't finish one okay. more thing.
0: We'll go back to yeah. you. So there was a, there was a guy in the in the shop yesterday, right? And. Um, I was I was talking about how great Nightwing was right now, mm. and one of the fun things in Nightwing right now is the relationship between Babs and and uh, Dick Grayson. Right. And this uh, this guy was like, "Nope, Dick Grayson and Batgirl can't handle Batgirl anymore." I was like, "Why?" He goes, "Because she was sleeping with Batman." I was like, "Whoa! When did this happen?" Oh man. Okay. He said in the Killing Joke. Right. Okay. And I said. I don't remember that at all. Now, remember, I read the story one time, mm-hmm. seventh grade. We actually sold my copy here at the shop, right? <laughs> years later, but um, but I read the story one time, and I said, "Are you sure?" I don't remember that at all. I don't. I don't. Now, I was, you know, I remember the gunshot. I remember the. Um, I remember the Jim Gordon thing I talked about. That's all. That's all I really remember from the whole thing. Um, he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that." turns out that's just from the movie right the guy has actually read the book yeah. right so i like in this conversation it's just yeah it's just the movie it's just the movie yeah with yeah, yeah anyway sorry go ahead no no well and I'm, I'm thinking about
1: because you know I've, i have a long-standing respect for alan moore but i also know that a lot of times it's and is true for a lot of writers but it's the art you put someone else on the killing joke it doesn't have the psychological. of so oh, like no. Brian. Because yeah. Brian's art is uh, something that so I little... mean, I, I can see the, I can see panels in my in my memories. We're talking about this, and I think that content, no content. You know what? I, I don't know. I remember when I first read it, I thought it was a great Batman story at the time because I was new to DC. Right? And had not I read Dark Knight? Batman in Crisis was the typical Batman, so that was my exposure. And then really the next Batman title I followed was Batman and the Outsiders. Right. After Crisis. Yes. Then I went back. Um, like you, it's fun to listen to Alan Moore go, yeah, I just wrote it. I just, I yeah, like, so it's I mean, a big I mean, deal. I, I, I don't know if. Alan's ever sat down and said, "I'm making the definitive Batman story, <laughs> no, with the definitive deconstruct I mean, I think that's what makes him a brilliant writer, but a frustrating writer it, it, at the same because you're like this Batman story moved so many oh, people, it, and it's I on know. every top ten. It's on every top ten it trade is. paperback list, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it's just you—you you get this but, sort of. But for me, it's more for the art in that than that really particular right because i also i never took that as joker's origin story when i first read it right i was like these are flashbacks the joker's crazy that that that, that no, would, would, think, it, it was very that, it was very simple for me that wasn't, uh, but i'm a simple man
2: well no it's not no it's not <laughs> that it's the, that that is a perfectly logical approach but it i think it's also perfectly logical to not have that approach yep. and the yeah and and yes it is it is kind of maddening sometimes when you when you're
1: you know he probably did it that way on purpose oh who the, the hell knows uh, he said "There's like i'm gonna do this and they're gonna be asking whether it's real or not for years and i wouldn't be surprised if he purposely did the did batman kill joker i what like i said never once in Thought that was what... Oh, right. he absolutely uh, did
0: that on purpose. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. But,
1: but it it really...
0: But
2: again, if it was a pre-crisis story
0: and everything was coming to an end, it might be like, hey, you can do whatever you want. Well, but, but you know, it's sort of like the ending of The Sopranos. It just goes to black. Yeah, It, yeah. it, it does. You don't know what happens. Know what happens. Yeah, no, happens. He has it. in his head what happened, but...
1: And, and, and also, Alan Moore pretty much ignored Crisis, even in his Swamp Thing books. I mean, there was... There was a couple of banners on there that they put it on, but I mean, really, Swampy was just running around with Phantom Stranger and John Constantine. No, that's he, true, but he had to though. deal with.
2: It. Hang on, <laughs> though. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. You, you, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a contrary view, please, here because first off, Alan Moore gets the final gets to make the final statement on Superman for the man who has mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you've got Crisis, which yeah, it. it it, it. he's he's not a part let me get this straight in my head because it makes sense to me but it may not make sense to anybody else like most things I say it, Alan Moore's not got a stake in Crisis because he's doing his American Gothic story but it turns out that Crisis now has a stake in Alan Moore because clearly somebody's realized oh hell that's where all the magic is yes. yep. so let's, let's tie that puppy in and as great as Crisis on Infinite Earths is, although I have kind of a difficult relationship with it, which is has to be another show, <laughs> as great as that is, um, it's the impact in Swamp Thing that really got to me because it worked so brilliantly with where Swamp Thing's American Gothic story was going. Because, mm-hmm. Kevin, that thing was like, went over like a year and change. Mm. Um that it's one of these, again, I don't know if it's a happy accident or if it was intended or what have you, but it's sort of like, wow, I mean, this is all just brilliant stuff. But I, I, I agree with you, Scott, I, and I sort of wonder if, you know, part of the luck of Alan Moore is that once upon a time, you know, he, he was sitting in his living room in, in uh, Northamptonshire, uh, or Northampton, sorry. And he's got you know East Enders playing in in front of him. He's got a chip butty in one hand and a pen in the other, and he's just like munch, munch, munch. Oh, ah, yeah, Joker shoots it through the spine and paraplegic. Oh, munch, munch, Oh, that's tragic. munch, munch, munch. Oh, and they have a laugh at the end. That's it. Sold. Next. You know, it, it could. And then of course we read it like, oh, there's all this depth to it. And as far as Alan Moore concerned. No, I just wrote that Batman story I wrote while I was eating a Chip Butty. Do you know what a Chip Butty is, by the way? No, nobody does. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, a Chip Butty is where you take two pieces of sliced bread, and you put butter on them, and then you put chips that you've just fried, and you make a sandwich yeah. out of it, and it's fantastic. So chips. When you, when you uh, say yeah. chips, are you talking about French fries or Chip Chips? I'm talking about Chip Chips. Okay, I'm talking chip about chips. chips. French fries is uh, where you, are Americans... Are actually are uh, being shorted because they only give you a little bit of the potato, mm. but in England they give you a proper amount of the potato. It's a nice thick wedge, and you can
0: dunk it into things. <laughs> but you're not talking like Lay's. You're talking about. No, you are talking about Lay's. No, no, it's not no, crunchy. Not, it's, no, it's, no. It's, a, it's like the disc sort of like the uh, the round you cut chips, bloody like you bloody like when you get fish and chips, snuggers, like the wedge
2: fries. Yes, The wedge fries. Oh. Chips, as you guys know, your bag of lace, those are
1: crisps.
2: Yes, I know. Oh, That's okay. what I'd see. I, was doing, I was trying Back to help with the translation. This is, the
1: language. It's like, this is like the football rugby thing. Earlier. No,
2: it's fi- No, no, no. I'm playing into this because yeah, no. when I'm in England and I've gone to a McDonald's drive through and I've asked for French fries, I've actually had this happen a couple of times where the, the you know, sort of crackly voice on the other land, Can you repeat that? I, I, I want a large order of French fries with the Big Mac. Oh, what, you mean Chips. <laughs> And it's like freaking French fries. But keep in mind, and all the love in the world to my to my British brethren, uh, but this is also a country that refers to it as the fillet of fish sandwich. Yes. And I corrected somebody on that once, and they said, well, no, because there's an effing T in it. And I say, oh, do you refer to it as fillet mignon?
1: That's why they don't let you back over. No, no, well, no. This is why I every, every time Well, we that and that, that whole
2: Interpol thing, yeah, that's for I mean, that's, that's Um amazing.
1: But the... This plays into Alan Moore, comic genius, or crazy guy under the highway. And that has <laughs> to be a show on its
0: Thank you for dropping in on the Multiverse Podcast. Please subscribe and give us a rating on your favorite podcast site. It makes a big difference to a new cast like ours. If you'd like to find us in person, our brick and mortar store is the Multiverse in Hearst, Texas. If you'd like to find us online, we are at www.multiverse.shop. See you next time.